Uh, before we move into our message time, I just want to pray so I see you join me. One true God, who has revealed yourself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're here to follow the risen Lord Jesus. We're here to surrender to the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. We are ready for you to lead us out of the panic of confusion and into the clarity of faith. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to meet us where we're at and grow us up in faith. We pray in the name of Jesus, and we all say, Amen. So on our Easter series, we're exploring these New Testament stories of the risen Christ meeting his disciples post-resurrection to see what happened to them, because what happens to them as they meet the risen Christ is what happens to us as we meet the risen Christ today through Scripture and the Spirit. So we're going to look at John chapter 20, uh, verse 11 through 18, and hear how on that first Easter morning, Mary is able to move out of confusion into faith. The first word about confusion, kind of a word picture. Confusion is like an earthquake, and this idea comes from one of the New Testament Greek words that we translate into English as confusion, and it really means you, you move something by shaking it. In other words, what you thought was certain, what you thought you could count on, what you based your life on, all of a sudden gets shaken. Like an earthquake shakes the ground and you lose your footing, you're not sure where to stand. That's confusion. 1965 earthquake in Seattle, Washington, 6.7 on the Richter scale. I was five years old living in a suburb of Seattle, a bit away from the epicenter. So actually, in the little home we lived in, I barely felt a tremor. In fact, my dad thought it was a washing machine out of balance. But if you got closer to the epicenter down by Olympia, Washington, this is a black and white picture from 1965 of what happened to the ground. It shifted, and a major railroad track that serviced uh, many trains a day that no one thought would ever become unstable collapsed, shaken. Well, today we're going to watch how on that first Easter morning, Mary moves out of this confusion where everything is shaking and feels like it's falling apart to faith. But first we have to start where Mary started, which is confusion can blind us from seeing God at work. John 20, 11 begins, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and she looked in. Now Mary had found Jesus' tomb empty early in the morning and she had ran to tell Peter and John, the tomb is empty, I don't know what's going on. Peter and John had run back and now Mary's back at the side of the empty tomb. And Jesus' crucifixion death coupled with an empty tomb and her assumption that somebody stole Jesus' body is this earthquake. Her whole world is shaking. She doesn't know what to think or what to believe anymore. As she looks into the tomb, she saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they put him. Confusion is blinding Mary from seeing God at work. Mary sees two people in the tomb, they're dressed in white, but she cannot see that they're angels. Now, when Mary later recalls this story to others, she will go, oh, yeah, they were angels. But at the moment, her confusion, her tears, her world is shaken. She just can't see that God is actually trying to meet her and help her, but she just can't see it. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? 
She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go get him. So, so deep is Mary's confusion. Jesus' death, his tomb is empty, his body must have been stolen. What's happening? I don't know. Her confusion is so deep. Jesus standing right in front of her, asked her two questions, and she doesn't recognize him. That's what confusion does. It can just blind us from seeing that God actually is at work. Well, what about us today? Is confusion blinding us from seeing that God is actually at work in our lives? Back to the image of confusion as earthquake. There are times in our lives, and it just happens periodically, but you may be in one right now, actually, where an earthquake of confusion hits us. And something we really count on just crumbles away and we, we've lost our footing. We're not sure what's going on. It feels like everything is being shaken. And in that kind of confusion that you and I experience, a God could send an angel right in front of us and we wouldn't understand. And God's Spirit could actually be putting the pieces of our life together, together in a better way where we can't see it. Confusion, blinding us to seeing God at work. Now, that sounds like bad news. Uh, and it is bad news that we can't see God at work because of confusion sometimes. But it's also very good news because God is at work. We're just temporarily blinded by confusion. So something needs to happen to move us out of confusion into faith so we can actually see what God is doing. When Jesus says our name, confusion evaporates and faith emerges. That's what happened to Mary the first Easter morning. She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll go get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is teacher in Hebrew. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to my father. But go find my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my father and your father to my God and to your God. So Mary doesn't recognize the risen Jesus until he calls her by name. And when he says, Mary, the blindness of her confusion just evaporates, and Mary says, teacher, no more confusion. The risen Lord called her by name. He's right there. The ground isn't shaking anymore. She's standing on solid ground. She has faith. She's moved from confusion into faith. Sometimes we get things mixed up. And by we, I specifically mean, especially mean, those of us who've grown up in church, which is a great thing, right? But we can start thinking Christianity is all about knowing and believing the right things. Knowing and believing that the Bible is God's word and it's true. That is just the beginning point, not the end point. The purpose of the Bible is to introduce us to the once crucified, now risen, ascended, and soon returning Lord Jesus Christ, and to hear him call us by name. The true God has revealed himself in the Bible as highly personal, capable of connecting with individual human beings like me and like you. Personal connection. That's why the prophet Isaiah, speaking for God to God's people at a time in their history when everything had gone wrong, they had no hope, didn't know where God was at, thought he'd left them, Isaiah wrote these words. But now you, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So in Israel's total confusion, 
God sends a prophet to say, I call you by name. You're mine. Don't worry. Fast forward numbers of centuries to New Testament time, and you get to the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he's too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass by. So Zacchaeus, curious about Jesus, wants to see him. He can't, he's too short, climbs a tree up ahead and perches in a spot like a bird where he can just watch Jesus, watch Jesus walk by, listen to the conversation, see what he's all about, maybe get some new information. Zacchaeus is safe. He's kind of hidden up there, out of reach of everyone. Out of reach, that is, until Jesus walks by. The story reads, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest at your house today. You see, when Jesus calls us by name, Jesus also lets us know he's inviting himself over. We can't just stay perched in a tree watching. Jesus calls us by name, says, come on down, and invites himself into our lives. That's what happened to ancient Israel through the prophet Isaiah. That's what happened to Zacchaeus in this story. That's what happened to Mary that first Easter morning. And that's what happens to you and me when Jesus calls us by name and he leads us out of confusion into faith. He invites himself into our life to guide us and to save us. And once we hear Jesus call our name, we naturally become a witness to the risen Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, the first time Mary went to the tomb on Easter morning and found it empty, she thought the body had been stolen, she's confused, didn't know what to think. Second time, back at the tomb, she meets the risen Jesus Christ. She heard him call her by name. Everything changes. No more confusion, only faith. The story ends with this sentence. Mary Magdalene found the disciples, the rest of them, and told them, I have seen the Lord. She had to tell somebody because now she had faith. Word of the wise, don't wait to move out of confusion into faith until all your questions are answered. In this earthly life, you and I will not have all of our questions answered. It's not going to happen. We walk by faith. The risen Lord Jesus is calling your name, you follow, and he leads us by faith into the future that he has for us. This leads us into some next steps that you can take. There's three of them today. One or more may be something you need to do. The first one's real simple. Jesus, I need to hear you call me by name. Read that with me. Jesus, I need to hear you call me by name. Uh, and I'm going to, this is so important that we're just going to take a little bit of time to pray. Pray, just close your eyes. And I'll lead you in this time. You follow along with your own heart and spirit and mind. Lord Jesus, um, we need to hear you call us by name. Some of us think you're far away or don't care. Sometimes horrible stuff has happened. We've been through tough stuff and we think you're at distance. We need you to, you to call us by name, to come close, to stand in front of us like you did for Mary. We long for that. We long to know you know us as an individual person 
you know our life. And you have hope for us. So I ask, Lord, for all of us who may have that deep longing this morning, that whether it be today or this week or the month ahead, that you call us by name. Whether we hear your voice audibly or in our mind or through a song or a conversation with a friend or a circumstance, whatever it may be, call us by name so we know that you know us and that there's hope. We ask this in Jesus' name. We all say, amen. Second step of faith is, uh, Jesus, I need new faith glasses. Read that with me. Jesus, I need new faith glasses. A couple of weeks ago, I went in for an eye exam. I was way overdue. I don't know why, I just didn't. But I finally went in, got the new prescription. My script in my right eye had changed quite a bit. So at the end, the optometrist said, okay, here's your new prescription. I could read all the letters in front of me just perfectly. And he said, here's your old prescription. And he clicked, click, click. And I knew that my right eye had changed, so I closed my left eye and just looked out of my right eye. I could hardly read a thing. My vision in my right eye is blurry. I mean, I kind of knew that from reading and looking at my laptop, but sometimes our faith glasses need to get updated. The prescriptions need to get stronger. I mean, usually it's because something happens. It's big. A major disappointment, death of a loved one, financial struggles, a relationship struggle, whatever, and all of a sudden, we just can't seem to see what God is doing. It gets blurry. You just can't see it anymore very well. And we try and squint and see what God is doing. It just doesn't work. We need new faith glasses to put on to see clearly what God is doing. This is a Bible verse. The last verse in Psalm 107 has been very helpful for me personally. Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. And that's what faith glasses do. They enable us to see in our personal history, in your personal history, how God has faithfully been with you and helped you. Incredibly important. So if you think, well, things are a little blurry. I can't quite see what God's doing anymore in my life. Ask Jesus to give you new faith glasses to see, and then start looking for God at work. The last one, really simple, the story ends with this, Jesus, I'll share my story. Read with me. Jesus, I'll share my story. God's Spirit has placed people in all of our lives that simply need to hear from you the stories of what God has done for you. They just need to hear the story. It's the first step in realizing Jesus calls them by name too. So, pray with me for just a moment. Jesus, we're so thankful that you didn't leave Mary alone in her confusion. We have a feeling if you hadn't shown up and called her by name, who knows where she would have ended up. But you called her by name, and you call us by name. So move us, oh God, from confusion to faith. For the honor and glory of Jesus, we pray, and we all say, Amen.